Well, this morning, if you would, grab your Bible and you're going to turn it to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. To confess, I've had a little bit of a, this sounds terrible, but it's just a phrase that's come to mind to me this week, an Easter hangover. Uh, Not in the the alcohol sense, that could be very dangerous there, Uh, the alcohol and the wire. Um, But uh, it's just been, it was such an awesome day last week. Uh, It's such an amazing service. I mean, it just... You just emotional high of Easter, and, and we don't want to leave uh, the resurrection celebration uh, on Easter Sunday and just celebrate it then. Every time we gather together as the community of God on, on Sundays, we come and celebrate the, the resurrected Christ. And this morning, I guess I just have this sense. I, I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's the rain, and maybe it's the forecast of six straight days of rain that we're going to have, but we're all kind of in this... Uh, kind of place this morning. So what I want us to do is this. We don't ever do this. I don't know if we've ever done this. But I want you to stand, and we're going to shake out the us, and uh, we're going to greet each other again. Because I don't know if we got it right the first time. We're going to get up, and you're going to stay up because we're going to read God's Word together. And I want you to just, if you need to do some exercises, if you need to do some windmills, jumping jacks, watch your neighbor there. This is for me, if not anyone else. Get the yawns out. Look good. Look good. All right. Now, we don't do this every Sunday, but today I want us to stand for uh, the reading of God's Word. And you're going to see it on the screen, hopefully, if you don't have it in front of you in your hand there. Matthew chapter 13, this is the NLT version. Here it is. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. He scattered them across his field. Some seeds fell on the, path, on the footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as they had planted, been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see. And their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see. 
and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now, listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. I pray that it would be living and active in our hearts today, God. I pray that uh, your messenger would not be heard, uh, but your spirit would penetrate our hearts, Lord. God, give us ears to hear, Lord. We pray things in your name. And everybody said, amen. Grab a seat, please. I think uh, our modern culture of faith has kind of given us three main categories uh, where people lie with their faith or where they stand in their faith. First one is buffet theology. These are kind of some things that we've actually talked about before, but I just want to remind you of them. Buffet theology. I love a good buffet, Um, especially I love uh, Japanese or Asian food. It's it's amazing. I went to Eddie's birthday a couple weeks ago, and we had a sushi buffet, which is nice because you actually get to see uh, what you're picking out and eating, and that's a good thing. Uh, So we, we went to that buffet and it was it was fantastic and you obviously you eat way too much because you're trying to get your money's worth out of a buffet but in a, in a buffet uh, theology what you do really is you go around and you pick and choose the things that you believe and that you don't believe about various faiths or religions and different things i like this one like that one and you kind of form your theology that way there are a lot of people that subscribe to this uh, theory even if you go to just the faith section of the buffet the christian section of the buffet you, and you pick and choose within Christianity. I like this, what Jesus said. I don't really care for this part of the Bible so much or this part or this part. You just pick and choose, and it becomes like my theology. Now, make the argument that that is idolatry. It's, it's basically playing God uh, over, over different things in your life. There's another second kind of general category is fire insurance. Now, I think a lot of us are, in, are familiar with that. Fire insurance is, well, you, you need to have insurance, right? And fire insurance is over the worst kind of thing that you can go to, the bad place, okay? And uh, that's when we've had some kind of faith experience. For me, I, my first real faith experience is when I was 12 years old. And you come down, maybe to an altar or maybe it's in your seat, and you, you, pray, a, uh, you pray a prayer. Asking Jesus into your life, or it's that that faith moment, and and, and really you, you hold on to that moment. And and I never have gotten my get out of of of, of hell free card that I don't, I don't keep it on me. But for a lot of people, that prayer becomes that card for them. You're like, ah, I got it in my wallet. Woohoo! Now I'm done. I'm done. You know, I've got the card. I'm good to go. All right. So don't need to really do anything after that because I got the card. Okay. And so really, life doesn't really change much. It's just, I prayed the prayer, you know, that's it, okay? Now, the, the, the kind of the third option would be the legalist, all right? 
the legalist would be the person that, okay, I've had an experience. Now I need to add some kind of rules to this whole thing. Okay, I need to add like this list of stuff that you, the do's and the don'ts. And some people have really long lists. Okay, some of this stuff is based on maybe denominations, some of their their, fa- their family backgrounds, things like that. They they've developed these long lists, and like lists, you know, you're, you're you're keeping up with whether or not check check if I'm doing these things or not doing these things. And you know, there was that, always that person in class when the teacher left the room, you know, the person that would have to take names on the chalkboard. Chalkboards were these things back in the day, kids. Uh, but chalkboard, they would take the names of the person that would act up or talk. You tend to lean that way when you are a legalist. You're, you're checking to see if everyone else is following the rules that you've developed for, for life. Are we, are we together? Okay, are we on the same page? The legalist. Now, this leads us to be kind of like Pharisees. Pharisees were so caught up in the rules that they had developed and worked out that they missed Jesus, who was right there in front of them. Uh, and that's kind of a, it's a bad way to go. I would say that I could make the argument that although a lot of people subscribe to one of these theories as far as, or uh, their theology, I don't think that's what God had in mind. I don't think that's what, what God has had in mind. And if you read the Bible, I don't think that's what God had in mind. Now, growing up in Alabama, a little town in Alabama, uh, in the, uh, back in the day, we would always, when we were playing sports, we would pray a prayer before we played sport. I know this is just like, wow, no way you would pray in, pu- in public. This wasn't like church sports. This was like all sports, Little League Baseball or whatever. We would get together, we would huddle up, and we would pray the Lord's Prayer. I know, shocking. But that's, that's the way we used to do it. All right, now I want us to pray that prayer real quick. It's actually Matthew 6, 9 through 11. It's on the screen. Let's say it together, can we? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil the evil one. And we would add, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, when we were huddled up, we would, of course, pray that together. And we would go, after that, we'd go, let's go out and kick their fannies. Uh, because that's what we did after, yeah, team. But we're talking and you're praying. There's a line there that really sticks out to me today. It's this, your kingdom come. Now, Jesus is always talking about the kingdom. This kingdom of God, and Matthew, he phrases it this way, the kingdom of heaven. And he says it over and over again. Actually, Matthew says it 31 times. And Luke, he talks about it 45 times, this kingdom of God. And he's painting this picture to seek the kingdom of God, seek the kingdom of heaven. And in Matthew 6, if you keep going around, there's this little section that says, you know, God, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that, and, and, and all these things in life. And there's the verse that says, you maybe you've heard it before, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be, will be given to you. This is Jesus' primary message on earth, that this is, there's this kingdom that's living, it's breathing, it's present, and, and his, his purpose to be here is to announce this reign of God on, on our planet. And there's some things that we need to just observe, just right off the bat, what this kingdom is all about. It wasn't what the audience expected. It wasn't what, when he was talking about this kingdom, when he was preaching about this kingdom, the, the, the first century Jewish people, they weren't expecting it. Now, they were expecting this king or kingdom to come. 
And what that was going to look like was totally different than what they had in mind. They, they had this picture of a, a person coming in, and they were going to come in, and, and they were going to rule and reign, and they were going to, even though they had been oppressed for years and years, they were going to come in and boom, bam, bing. I, like Batman words, that was another back-in-the-day show. But they would have these, are those, is that automatopoeia words? Is that... Am I there? Okay. All right. They would have all these, these thoughts in their mind of huge army comes in. You know, think, what do we think? Alexander the Great, Attila the Hun. They come in with, with weapons and bombs and bam, and that's what this Messiah was going to do. But Jesus was far different than that, wasn't he? It was much different. And so this kingdom that Jesus spoke of, it, it wasn't what the audience was expecting. Now, have you ever talked to anyone before? You're having a conversation, and they, 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 they practice what's called selective hearing. They only hear what they want to hear or see. You know, I, I talked to someone once that went to a, a musical. Two people, same night, exact same performance, okay, here at downtown in Houston. The person came, one person came back and said, it was amazing. It was, I was so moved. I just, I cried in multiple times. I was just so, it was beautiful. The singers, the songs, it just was the ups and the downs. It was, what a beautiful masterpiece. Not 30 minutes later, I talked to someone else and I'm like, it, the whole night was flat. I mean, just the performers, they just, they miscast this person. And she was just singing out of her range the whole time. And it just, man, I thought about, she, she said this, I thought about going to get my money, money back. It was that bad. Did you go to the same play? You know? Or you could even, I, I, I dare go here, but I say it anyway. You can hear, somebody can hear a politician. And one person go, wow, yeah. Another person go, oh, there they go again. There you, this saying, selective hearing. You hear what you want. To, there's filters that the, the world and, and our views have put into our brain that we filter out what we want to hear and what we don't want to hear. And so the people, they certainly had filters, and we certainly have filters. And when we think about this kingdom of God, we, we, we come into it with filters in mind. There's a, there's a book that I, I'm reading. It's called uh, This Beautiful Mess, and it's a guy, written by a guy named Rick McKinley. And he says this, and, and maybe you can, this applies to, just to some of us here, and it certainly does for me, or it did. When I became a Christ follower, the sad truth is that I transferred Christ into my kingdom, into the context of my life. My kingdom consisted of my desires and, and my aspirations, namely the future I hoped for, for an agenda that allowed me to reign as I choose. It all sounds selfish. It was, and it still is. Thinking back, I believe I had no category in my life through which to, to comprehend the kingdom of God. And for 18 years, I lived my own life, and served myself. I assumed that sooner or later, other people would realize the great reality of me. Of course, they'd then hop on the bandwagon and serve me too. I wasn't good at, at ruling my little kingdom, though, and I ended up a failed king with a broken life. That's when Jesus did, indeed, break into my life. This kingdom of God is very different. And when Jesus starts to proclaim it, 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 it kind of, there's, there's a dissonance there. There's a, there's, a, there's a tension there. 
he starts off by this, uh, this Sermon of the Mount. This is maybe his most famous sermon when he begins to talk about what this kingdom looks like. And he starts saying, blessed are the merciful, the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's not wham, brum, brum. The peacemakers. Blessed are those who seek righteousness and justice. And then he says statements like this all the time. He says, now you've heard it said this, but I tell you, and he's beginning to paint another picture of what the kingdom of God looks like in the world. Now, something else to observe about this kingdom, the kingdom of God is an ongoing reality to be experienced, an ongoing reality to be experienced. Uh, Eddie, I need your help uh, with this. Any music lovers out here? I need a couple of music lovers, preferably one from over here in this section over here. Nobody likes music. All right, we're going to... Oh, 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 we're going to go with, no, yep, all right, Carrie, grab Carrie, uh, Eddie, if you got the, uh, you got the earbuds, awesome, uh, and I'm going to give uh, Eddie a pad of paper and a Sharpie, and uh, Carrie, yep, you can sit up here in the front row, that'd be great, now, who was somebody from this section over here, a music lover, oh, good, Scott Evans, Always volunteering. What a great guy. You can sit right here. Now what I'm going to do this, uh, for both of you, I've got a, uh, I don't know if you know this, but phones, they actually can play songs uh, these days, and you get uh, to, to listen to music and various things on there if you'd like. Now I want to play a song for both of you, okay? We're going to use earbuds. Uh, and by the way, I haven't used these. Uh, these are brand new. I have kind of an ear thing that I just didn't want to... Yeah, they're brand new earbuds, and you can keep these afterwards, okay? And I'm going to play, yeah, we're going to play some of the song, and have you played it yet? Don't, don't start yet? All right, I want you to write down words to describe the song that I'm playing, okay? Write down words and things, uh, just what comes to mind, whatever comes to mind, write it down on the piece of paper. Are you ready? Here we go. Now, this is one of those illustrations that could go really bad quickly. And so if we do, we'll just pray and go home. And uh, that'll be fine. Turn it down. Turn it down. All right. I wonder what they're writing. Is that what you're thinking? I wonder what they're playing. All right. You got 10 more seconds, Scott. 10 more seconds. All right, we're going to stop it there. All right. Let's see. We'll start with Scott, and we'll go over to Carrie. What do you have? Here, Scott, we got fast. I can't, I'm not sure of that. Loud. Love. Foot tapping. Dancing. And banjo? banjo. And banjo. Okay, fast, love, foot tapping, uh, loud, dancing, banjo. Sorry about the loud. And what, Carrie, what do we have here? We got... Uh, Alien attack, uh, banjo aliens, garage band, the Beatles on a banjo. Nice. Uh, okay, do you guys want to hear the song? All right, we're going to play the song a little bit for you.
All right, we can fade it out there. You feel that? Foot tapping. Uh, it's loud. It's fast. The garage band of aliens, maybe. You know? Now, words can definitely paint a picture in our minds, can't they? But some things we need to experience them firsthand to really get something. You can hear words, but, you know, to really experience something firsthand is, is, is pretty important. It's pretty important. And I think this is why... Thank you, by the way, Kerry and Scott. Uh, you, this is why when we have an experience with God, well, God's done something amazing in our heart and our lives. If, if, if he's given us that living water that we don't need to search for anything else any longer, he's given us something that, that that's, it's hard to describe in words when he does something for us in our hearts and our lives. And I don't know if you've ever sat down with someone who doesn't understand that. And you're trying to explain to them, this is it. This is it. And, and, and sometimes that turns into proving something or, or facts. Or thing, but, but you can't describe in words what is happening. Sometimes we, we experience that even with, 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 with stories. Now, is it better to tell a story? Is it better to, you can show a picture or a video and bring them to that place? It, it, it makes it come alive. And, and for Jesus, he's trying to do that for his first century audience. Now, he does this in two main different ways to bring things alive. He does that in miracles, where you, people are actually seeing people uh, change. The, the blind can see, the lame can, can walk. But when that happens in the Gospels, we should be asking the question, how does this reflect the kingdom of God? Those who couldn't see the kingdom of God now can. Those who life has taken them, that sin has, has broken them, and they were lame, and they were on the floor of life, have now been, been picked up and are now dancing in the streets. That's what these miracles reflect. Or in another way, he, he, he gives it and, and makes it really come alive in pictures is he paints pictures in parables. These are stories where here's what this looks like. You know, let, me, let me paint a picture with words as best I can. And some people, honestly, they get it. And some people, they don't get it. And, and so that's the story, the story, story of the sower, the man who went out and, and sowed uh, seeds. And Jesus is a master wordsmith in this. He's using images that they know about, using you know, agricultural pictures that when he, when he says a man went out to sow, this immediately jumps, a picture jumps to mind because they have been there, they've done that, they've seen that. I don't know if when you're describing or thinking about a picture, when you pull out a picture from a book, a scrapbook, and suddenly it's like, oh, I remember, I remember that moment. And you can begin to smell and to... And to think about. And so what we're looking, about, looking at the next few weeks is we're looking at snapshots of what the kingdom of God looks like. No, we're not filming a Coldplay uh, video in here, but that's, that's kind of the, what we're going for here. Snapshots of what the kingdom of God looks like. And we're going to look at various places in Scripture that kind of gives us uh, these pictures along the way. Now, the first image he shows us is this man who's sowing seed. Now, it's very familiar. It's a very familiar image for them. They know about this, but this is not, you're throwing seeds all around, like all over the place? What's going on here? William uh, Willimon, he has a great quote about parables and what they do for us. Parables are like windows through which we get to see the heart of God. 
Yet sometimes when you gaze through the window, there is a moment when you catch the reflection of your own faith, of your face. The glass in the window pane becomes a mirror, and you see yourself. And parables can be like that. And so we're, God, Jesus is trying to give them an image of, of what the kingdom looks like, but also at the same time uh, of what we look like. So let's take a look at this parable. The, the first section there, and he, he tells the parable, and then he actually goes back and explains it. So let's see how Jesus explains it. 13, 19, and 20 says this. The seed that fell as the sower is planting seed all over the place, it, it fell on a footpath. And, and that footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom, but they don't understand it. The evil one comes out and snatches it away, the seed that is planted in their hearts. Now this path, this hardened path, immediately when I see an image of this, I think about what if you, were, if you were going around your street, and, and now's the time where we do this because winter is over, we begin to water our grass, you see the sprinklers all out. If you just saw a, a guy, is it got the nice sprinkler you know, that he bought at Home Depot or wherever, and he's out in the middle of the concrete, and he's just, he's watering the concrete. Wave to the neighbors, watering concrete. This doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? And this seed that would be thrown in this concrete, Crete, why? Why? And what this represents is it's a path that's a hardened heart. A heart that is just so, it's just so hardened by life. And, and, and a path through the mountains, if you, if you visualize this, if you've ever been one of those just rocky, this path that, that the ground has just been compacted. And maybe life has been like that for people. That they've felt like they've been stepped on and things have hardened the way they are and the way they see and the way they view things. And, 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 the, and it talks about this as Satan is, is coming out and, and grabbing this seed. And 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says it this way. Satan, who is, is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the, this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Now, we could maybe look at this, this passage and say, you know what? All right, if we're going to divide up four different places, well, that's 25%. I'm pretty good at math. Um, that, uh, you know what, they're just not ever going to get it. There are just some people that just reject Jesus and the kingdom altogether. And maybe you know people like that. Maybe you're someone that is like that, that just says, just forget it. This whole thing is just, is just made up stuff and... I just don't have room for that in my life, and I just forget it. And it just hardened to any kind of Jesus or any kind of love or grace in that area or faith. You know, and, and maybe someone has just popped in your mind right now. You know someone that has a heart that's like that. And there's images, pictures, faces in your mind. Maybe someone from your family. Maybe someone, just a friend or a coworker that just has such, such a hardened outside that there's just no space for anything from the kingdom of God to come in. Now, there's some that just says, well, you know what, that's just the way, the way it is. But here's the good news about who we are, not only as a church, but as, as the church of the Nazarene, what we believe is that there's no one that is unreachable. There is no one that is so calloused that the love of God can't break into their heart, into their life. There's no place, there's no area that, that God cannot get into and make an amazing difference. Now, we see people, unfortunately, and, and no one wants to, to, to think this or pray this, 
But, but what has to happen for that soil to be broken up, to be what happens when we, we bring in a bulldozer and begin to, to, to do things to the land, to be able to cultivate it and get it ready for seed to be received? Now, that's a, that's a tough prayer to pray, but Lord, God, I pray that you would do in, in their lives what needs to be done so that they can be fertile and, and, and hear and, and not only hear, but understand this whole thing and what it's all about. Now, as I've thought about this, this picture for, for me this week, I've, I've prayed this prayer, God, is there any area of my life that I've basically said, you know what, I got this figured out. I, I don't need you, and I, I've kind of, this is the way it is, and I've just kind of hardened my heart to anything in, in a certain area of my life. And maybe that's a question you want to ask yourself today, or maybe even harden your heart to a, a person in your life. Now, the second area is, is the soil. Uh, what was it again? Does anybody remember? Rocky soil. Matthew 13, 20 through 21 says it this way. The seed on the rocky soil, it represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away and soon, as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's, in God's word. Now, in Israel, in that area, they were known to have a lot of limestone. And so there would be areas where there would be a very thin layer of topsoil, and then underneath, tons of, of limestone. So you would see it all the time where these, these things would be, would be thrown out, and suddenly these flowers would grow, and they'd be beautiful flowers. But as soon as the sun came out in those areas, the, the flowers would be scorched and be gone because they couldn't get roots down deep into them. And, and we see this with a lot of, of new Christians. There's an excitement that's at first. There's joy at first. And there's this, but then you go back a few months later, and, and that's gone. In fact, they've kind of gone back to the way life used to be, the way life used to be. Now, confessionally this morning, there was a time in my life that I got pretty uh, disillusioned uh, as a youth pastor. Uh, I remember about, as about 10 years into being a youth pastor, I was at camp, and I sat in the back of the room as the altar call was happening. And there were kids that were going down to the altar. It was, an, it was a beautiful moment. But there was this moment. I was just sat in the back, and I just had this conversation with God. And, I was, and I'm glad no one really heard it, but I, I guess I'm confessing to you today. I, was, I just was thinking, you know what? These kids are going to go back to the way they were a couple months ago. This is just going to be the same when they get back. They'll forget when they get back to school. You know, I've seen it happen now over and over again, and I'm, and I'm sick of it, God. And, and God convicted me in that moment and I ended up having a kind of a, a God moment there in the back of the room but it, it, it breaks my heart when, when there are moments for students but also for for all of us for adults when God has done something very real in their lives and I think about kids that go back and as soon as things get difficult as soon as things get hard as soon as Satan throws something our way or, or, or a friend says, it's this, come this way, or do this, or, or that. We don't want to give up anything. We don't want to stop doing it. We don't want to change anything. We just want to add a little God to our life, and everything stay the same. But that's not the way things work. We need to grow and be deeper in our relationship and, and, and form roots that are strong. And are, I love the theme this year of Winter Retreat, anchor 
into God, into this deep, deep tree that God has called us to be. So that when the winds come, when the rains come, when things in life come, and they are going to come. They are going to come. You're going to have to make choices. And, 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 and in the middle of those choices, that the roots are there, in the middle of the difficult times, that faith has hold and, and stays firm. So I was praying this week, Lord, is there any area of my life, God, that I'm so reactionary when something doesn't go exactly the way I thought it was going to go? Do I just react to something instead of being firm in faith and moments and trust in you? Third soil, Matthew 13, 22, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth so no fruit is produced. Now, this was an easy image to come up with. It's, it's this image right here. This is my front yard. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. I'm just not embarrassed about much these days. Uh, this is my front yard, and uh, it, I, I hate these trees. I think they're oak trees in my neighborhood in Riata Ranch. Uh, they're just these big trees that don't let any sun come in, and... You know, I should probably trim them. It's very important to trim your trees and get sunlight in there. And you also should have, like, rain, you know, water them every day and do all these things. And you've got these trees. I don't know if you can see these giant roots that just all over the place. Uh, they just prevent any, any grass from growing in the air. I, what I need to do is I need to come in. I need to come in and I, with the, one of those machines and I need to plow the land up and I need to cut back the trees and I make sure it gets tons uh, of water and I actually I tried to plant seeds in here last year and realized pretty quickly that I planted, planted the wrong kind of grass uh, so one half of the yard was one kind of grass the other half was another my neighbor she said you know what and she's a great lady she's a Jamaican lady with a dog named James Bond uh and she just went, let's just put out the sod, okay? But she didn't trim the trees. She didn't, you know, grind up the roots. And she doesn't water it very regularly. And so guess what her yard looks like now as well, okay? And, and, and this is kind of the image that, that, that's there. And, and if you allow weeds and if you allow these things in your life, distractions, and aren't we so easily distracted? We are so easily distracted. I mean, we are just, I mean, squirrel. Squirrel. I mean, it's just, we're all over the place, every one of us. And if you're not, then, then we're happy for you. But and, and for us, most of us are trained to do one thing when you wake up. Reach for your phone. You reach for your phone the second you wake up in the morning. Did anybody text me? Did anybody email? Did anybody like that photo? Did anybody da 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 okay, just, This is a side note. This wasn't even the notes. The next time you do that, when you get to be about right here, why don't you just say just a quick prayer? God, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for just for breath and life. And God, this day is yours. And whatever happens in the next 16 or 18 hours, whatever, it's yours. May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Just, just try that. Let's do that together, if we will. But, but we're, we're so distracted. And there's, what, is it, what distracts us? The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of riches. Now, immediately you're thinking, I'm not rich. Somebody else is rich. Everybody else is rich. But, but we're pursuing stuff, aren't we? If I just had this, if I just had that, and they would get distracted sometimes even by good things. 
So the thing I want us to, to think about this week is Scott's weed and feed, okay? We got to get rid of some distractions. Have you ever, have you seen the commercials? You got to do what? Feed your lawn. Feed it. Have you seen it? No? If you, it's, a, it's a Scottish guy. I think he's from Jersey or from Boston, but he's doing like a Scottish accent, and it's, he says, you got to feed your lawn. Feed it. Now give me your best Scottish accent. Feed your lawn. Feed it. And go. Turn to your neighbor and whisper it, your best Scottish accent, feed your lawn, feed it. All right, we're there, okay? You got to feed your lawn, feed it. That's a reminder for everybody to get into your yard. I'm going to take that guy's advice this week. But there's some weeds that you need to get out of your life, some distractions that we, we need to, to get rid of. There is this, uh, I went to D.C. once, and uh, in D.C., uh, I took some kids for a, youth, uh, for a missions trip about 10 years ago. And I, when I got to downtown, I figured, you know what? You can see the Washington Monument. It's big enough. That's where we're going. I should be able to find it. And, of course, you can't. And uh, so we're, I'm in the van, and there's kids screaming everywhere. I'm hungry. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I pulled out one of those. Remember the maps? When was the last time you had a map? Okay, you pull out a map and it's got all these, it's folded in all kinds of, I'll talk to them, uh, it's folded in all kinds of different directions and you can't put it back together the same way, it's impossible, all right? Now what these parables, they do, they, they tell us oftentimes, what do you do when you get lost? There's two things you need, questions you need to ask. Where am I and where am I going? Where am I trying to go? And this fourth is, is where we're trying to go. You might say, you know what, okay, I, I felt distracted, and God helped me with the distractions in, in my life that I can't see the kingdom in this world. I can't hear you. I can't see you and what's happening here. And this last one, it, it, it's, it's this, 1323, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word, and, and it produces a, a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. So 30, 60, 100. Now, if someone planted a, a, a crop or the seed, usually a, a great return, a great return on your seed and your investment there would be sevenfold. That would be a great year. You can pay your bills. Woohoo! All right? Now, if you got a tenfold crop back, okay, that's like paying the bills and we're going on vacation, baby. We're going to Florida. We're taking the, packing the kids up and we're heading. That, that's kind of the return on it, okay? But we're talking about 30, that's three times the best year. And we're talking about, this is the greatest. Woohoo! we're going to Hawaii, yeah. We're going to stay there for a while. 60, 60 is like, I just sold the business, and it's going to be a lot of days on the beach with those umbrella drinks, virgin ones, of course, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to take the whole, like, let's just take the rest of the decade off. Now, now, a hundred would be like, this is life-changing kind of money, people. This is like, I won the lottery. You won the lottery. And this doesn't just change my life. It changes people around me, their lives as well. Now, when we're talking about this soil, the soil that God wants us to be, when God plants his word, when the kingdom is, is in our life and it's sprouting up, it sprouts up things that is life-changing for us and life-changing for those that are around us. 
And this kingdom comes in different pictures. It's, it's pictures of, of generosity. It's pictures of grace. It's pictures of forgiveness to others. It's pictures of love where we begin to grasp hold of what this kingdom looks like, and it begins to do a work in our lives. Now, this is what we want to be as a church. Our, our theme, our slogan, or whatever you want to call it is this, helping people reimagine. You've got pictures of what the good life is like. We want to help you stop pursuing the way that the world tells you to pursue because those are broken dreams, and they lead to broken lost roads but there is a kingdom of god oh it's a great place and there are amazing things that are there and there are amazing pictures that god wants to show us and he wants to show you but we have to realize that kingdom ourselves before we can make that an experience for others because why when you can see it when you can see it in someone else's life then it becomes a reality because the kingdom of God is an experience to be had, an ongoing experience to be had, and others need that experiences, experience as well. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your kingdom that's at work in this world. God, there are so many times that, quite honestly, we're blinded to what you were doing in this world. We don't hear, we don't see, we have selective hearing, we have selective viewing. We, we just are seeing, what, we're singing our kingdom and building our kingdom instead of yours. God, thank you for your work in this world. Thank you for what you have done for us. God, that you begin to, to stir in our hearts or the, some, for some of us, you plowed up the ground of our hearts, that we were hardened, that we had rejected you. And yet you continue to work, you continue to pursue, you used others, you used images of others, you used mentors and other people to begin to, to soften up our hearts and our lives, God. And you planted your, your, your gospel, your good news in our lives, and you set us free, God. And, and I thank you for the, I just see uh, just oaks of righteousness around this room, people that are living their lives just as a, as a praise to you, God, and we see the fruit of their lives in so many ways, in joy, in peace, in circumstances that are, are beyond this world that people can have peace in. And Lord, we thank you for what your kingdom has done for all of us, God. And Jesus, I, I pray for every soil that's represented in this room, God. I pray for the person that's so hardened right now, God. They're so callous to you. Jesus, I pray that they would seek, they would seek you, Lord. And pray a simple prayer of God, if you're out there, reveal yourself to me. Show yourself to me. Lord, I pray for that person that they've had experience with you, but it's just a roller coaster ride. It's a roller coaster ride because their soil is, it, their, their, their roots are not deep. And it's just up and down and, and, and die and live and, uh, God, I just, I pray, Lord, that you would just help them to seek you and to, to be discipled by you, Lord, to grow in their faith in you. That when the things of this life, when things come and want to push them over, but they would stand firm. When the enemy would come and try to, to, to destroy them, that they would be anchored in you, Lord. God, I, I pray for those of us who get distracted, Jesus. We want the kingdom, but then we want our kingdom. And then we want something else and this and that. And the things of this life just catch our eye and they shimmer and we go another direction. 
and get distracted. God, help us to stay focused, Lord. Help us to seek your kingdom in all that we do, God. And Lord, we pray, Jesus, that we would, that our lives would produce fruits. God, that's the that's what we want to do. We want to be just a visual image, a visible image of what your kingdom looks like in this world, that when other people see us, when they see us interact, when they see us at work, when they see us at a stoplight or they see us at a restaurant or wherever they see us, God, that they would be seeing images of the kingdom. They would be seeing the qualities of who you've called us to be, to be citizens not of this world, but of another place, another land, another glorious place, God, that we'll live in one day, but God, we're not waiting to just get there. There can be here. Jesus, Lord, let it be so, Jesus. Let it be so, Lord. We pray these things in your precious name as a community, Lord. Amen.